0: Welcome to another 6-1 Conversation. My name is Mike, and today I'm joined by Dan Butchko, the founder and CEO of PlayCrafting. Dan, hello.
1: Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. It's so nice to be here.
0: I know. It's so nice to finally meet you. I've been following PlayCrafting for years now, since my first PAX pre-gamer, and i loved what you guys have been doing over the years, and it's so nice to finally put a face to the name and actually talk to you guys, or talk to you. Yeah, <laughs> So uh, Yeah. Thanks so much for hanging out for a bit today. Uh, Dan, like before we get into things, tell me a bit about yourself. What, you know, who are you? What do you do? What is PlayCrafting? Give me the uh, give me the spiel. Give me the lowdown.
1: Sure thing. Yeah. So I'm the founder and CEO of PlayCrafting. Um, PlayCrafting started years and years ago, way back in 2009, as a meetup group here in New York City. Um, That meetup group was primarily meant for local independent game developers to connect learn, share, and playtest what they're working on. Um, I joined that meetup group uh, in 2014 and ultimately built a full-fledged company around it. And so now we are a nationwide network of uh, game developers, primarily independent game developers. And we're really doing uh, two things. Um, on one side, we are fostering uh, a community and network of developers through things like events and education. So Play NYC, which we'll talk about a lot, is our biggest annual event, but we've, um, we also have the largest global game jam site in North America. We do an award show called the Bid Awards, and then tons of other uh, smaller scale events all throughout the year. We've also offered classes and courses on how to make games, the business of games, the legal side of games, etc., And then the real core of what PlayCrafting does on a day-to-day basis is that we have found this really great way to connect our independent game developer network with huge brands to actually make games that wouldn't otherwise be possible. So we've worked with folks like Bose, Verizon, the NFL. Uh, Most recently, we announced that we are now in partnership with Niantic, the folks behind Pokemon Go. Nice. Um, And I think the coolest part of, uh, of these kinds of relationships is that they generate games that ultimately would not have otherwise been possible. And they've also generated over two and a half million dollars in funding for independent game developers to actually build them out over the last few years. So lots going on over at Playcrafting, Um, but, uh, but yeah, play NYC is, is sort of the big, uh, next community thing we have coming up and I'm super excited to bring folks back together in person again, now that it'll be its, its fifth year.
0: Yeah. Wow. Five years already. That's nuts. Yeah. So well I I didn't know Playcrafting started as a meetup group. So it's funny story, 6-1 Indie started as also just like a meetup thing cuz we wanted to just How try cool. to find a way to connect the gaming community in New York cuz obviously like a lot of the gaming community is in San Francisco, West Coast, Portland, Seattle, all that kind of stuff and like it's not really a or it's never been like a wide thing on the East Coast other than PAX East. So we figured, yeah, why not give a voice over here and that kind of morphed into like OK, and that like going to my first play NYC, like, oh, there are a lot of rad indie developers based in New York and based on the East Coast. Maybe we should talk about them more. And yeah, I mean, you guys like truly inspired that kind of motion for us. And it's so funny hearing that you guys started as a meetup group as well.
1: Yeah, when I when I first walked into like my first meetup um, as, as part of like the meetup group, I was just blown away by all of the talented, creative, passionate developers that were in my own backyard. And I had also heard so many times over and over again that if you want to make games or be a part of gaming culture, you need to be on the West Coast or up in Boston. And it was just like, are you kidding me? New York is the best city in the world. Like, (laughs)
0: Like, come on. That
1: that makes no sense. Yeah. So it it felt like time to really help put uh, New York on the map for its Culture of games, its industry of games, and its community of developers and fans.
0: Yeah, because I mean, like before Play NYC, really, and before Playcrafting, I think in the AAA space, was it Rockstar has an office here, and I think Two K, and that's about it, maybe. Yeah, Avalanche and, like studios, is Avalanche. One. Yeah, but like if you're trying to start out in gaming on in New York, you ain't getting an entry level job at Rockstar. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, so I mean, yeah, like my first Play NYC was I believe 2019, um, which is I can't believe it took me a few years to just understand that playing YC was a thing. And like there was a New York thing. And yeah, you talking about Bose a little bit. Um, I'll never forget now a great friend of mine, Mark Bennis, uh, who oh, yeah. partnered with Bose on, I always forget the name of the game, but I know Sebastian, the Grim Reaper. Yeah. It's a little Grim, Grim Reaper, the worst Grim Reaper. Yeah. And yeah. the first time that was my first time really experiencing 3D audio in gaming. And I was just completely blown away. And then that just kind of opened the gate of, how many incredible developers there are actually like based in the city and based just in the surrounding areas. And you know, like something I truly admire about you guys and admire about play NYC in general and maybe miss it last year so much is just how much you guys are amplifying voices in Manhattan or, you know, in like the the Northeast coast at least. Um, And that kind of includes something I mentioned earlier. My first play crafting thing was the pre-gamer event for PAX East. I believe it was 2018. I know a ton of you guys listening. Go to Pax East. Why aren't you going to Pre It's the fucking coolest event. It's mm-hmm. for me even better than Pax East itself. You guys just take over. I forgot what the bar is. The the, the hotel yeah, in I the should,
1: hotel. I should definitely remember the name of it. It's um Laugh Boston. Yeah. Yes, Laugh
0: Boston. Boston. You guys just yeah. take over Laugh Boston and just set up a bunch of PC stations, sometimes consoles, and just have the coolest, most low key event to show off. Really rad indie games that. Probably would kind of get overlooked at something like Pax East just because of how hectic and crazy Pax East can be. And yeah, it's a very low key event where you can actually have a conversation and a drink with developers. And I think that's kind of the heart of the indie gaming scene um, as a whole in the industry. And I can't like every year I'm like, OK, like my first year I was like, oh, this must be like the first year. That's why it's not like super crammed or packed or anything. And then I go three other times. I'm like, why aren't people like fucking cramming this place? Yeah, like, I yeah. mean, personally, I love it because we run around with like chickens with their heads cut off at PAX East trying to cover everything. So I appreciate the calm before the storm. But, man, <laughs> I just I need to give a shout out to pre-gamer and just it's such a cool little event. When did pre-gamer start? Was that like a pre-PlayNYC kind of thing or was that kind of adapted from PlayNYC?
1: Yeah, I should probably know that off the top of my head. That's I started, fine. <laughs> I think I started it in um 2016 if okay. not 2017 um so uh 2016 or 2017 it would have been just before the first play nyc yeah i mean um i, I think that like packs has always been something that i've loved and that play crafting has been a part of um on the show floor right since 2016 or 2017 and so bringing some of that like um that like more maker fair sort of spirit, uh, just yeah. come by, play a game on a devs laptop, like energy to something like PAX and doing it for free and right near the space was something that I definitely wanted to put together and, 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 and make sure it was part of it. But, um, but yeah, you know, even though the first play NYC was in 2017 in August of 2017, we had been doing things like pre at PAX East, as well as these like local expos in Boston, New York, San Francisco, going all the way back to 2013 or so, and so yeah. we, we really sort of um, put the pedal to the metal and sort of you know uh, got our chops through the uh, through uh, doing a ton of these smaller scale events all along the way, but pre gamer yeah. has definitely been one that's sort of stuck and, and held on even with Play NYC getting bigger and bigger on its own.
0: Oh yeah. That's that's the other incredible thing that you mentioned that I forgot to mention. It's free, which is pretty incredible. It's again, just like an easy, because of course, like with PAX East, especially if you are in Boston already, like if you are a Boston resident, like PAX East tickets go very quickly and can get very expensive on like secondhand markets. And if you are like dying to play video games and just check out some new stuff, like pre-gamer is there. And I love that you guys just have the most accessible way to just check out some really cool games that you wouldn't know about otherwise. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like transitioning to play YC, as I mentioned, my first play Y C was 2019. Um, and it's funny enough, like, I think I got the email this morning about the first game. Well, first off, shout out to you guys. It was the first uh, time we were able to cover an event as media. So thank you. I love you. Oh, cool. <laughs> that opened <laughs> a lot of doors for us. Um, nice. And of course, we didn't have the name 6 one and that was like a stupid decision. It was like, oh, yeah, even though we got media access, maybe we should just change our name. Um, anyways, um. Today, uh, I got an email about a game launching, and it was actually the first game we covered as media because of NYC AO the Clown, finally launching. I, oh, yeah, yeah. But I've been obsessed with that game since playing it on the show floor at NYC. And it was so just. So
1: good. It's yeah. so
0: good. I can't wait to play that thing on Switch. <laughs> I cannot wait. Same. Yeah. This, I Going into it, I did not know what to expect because obviously there's E3, there's PAX, and it's like. The only thing we kind of or I was kind of familiar with on in New York, at least, was sort of Comic-Con, which sometimes has games. But if it has games like Square has a booth, Nintendo had a booth once, I think. So, like, I was never used to a gaming convention in New York City. So I did not know what the hell to expect. I didn't even know that building existed where you guys hosted. Uh, So I didn't know what the hell I was getting myself into. But just going in and just seeing a how just instantly the vibe of the, the convention itself is it's a very low key, positive, calm, just high, en- calm, but high energy kind of feeling walking in. Um, I yeah. think that's just like as hallmarky as the sounds, it is just kind of like the passion of all the developers, just like their energy feeding off each other and really taking it to like kind of feeding off of the actual like breath of the content being shown there. Um, is, is, you know, with the developers themselves, like, is there kind of like a vetting process? Like, how do you guys like select your partners who who are, is actually showing at the convention and whatnot? Like, are, are you seeking out games? Do people come to you?
1: Yeah, I'd say the, the majority of folks who are showing on the uh, Play NYC show floor apply through our website. So there's like a, a form to fill out on our site and then someone from our team will uh, hop on the phone with them talk through all the details, uh, the costs associated, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, And then uh, there's basically like a thumbs up or thumbs down moment. Um, We really, in in terms of like curation of content at Plan YC, I absolutely love having things like we had in uh, 2019 where it was like a Red Bull booth with live FIFA games right next to (laughs) Games for Change, which is all social impact, right next to Bose, right next to gumbo this great collective of independent game developers in in dumbo here in new york so um when we're curating and, and sort of like looking through we're mainly looking to make sure that a it's playable b it's appropriate so nothing is like blatantly offensive illegal that kind of thing um and and really from there all are welcome um there is a very much a a strong push and everything that we do around play NYC to make sure that New York itself is amplified. So For sure. Yeah. A very heavy contingent of the developers who we feature on the expo floor are from, if not like New York, then the New York city area or region. Um, but we do have folks that come in from around the country and sometimes a couple internationally as well. Um, but yeah, you know, that process is always Um, pretty quick a lot of folks are reaching out to us on, on our site and then if we identify some games and studios that we think would be a good fit we do some outreach as well to see if there might be some additional games that maybe are not yet represented on the show floor that should be whether it's the fact that they're from the new york area and we want as many people from the new york area as possible or we've just seen a really cool game that we thought would make a really good fit for The attendees and all the audience uh, that actually comes through.
0: Yeah, I think that like going off of how I was struggling to set up this question, (laughs) um, like that (laughs) process really does like promote this like positive high energy vibe and just really, really shows off the creativity of a lot of the New York developers. I mean, like going in, like I remember just distinctly walking into the doors for the first time and I We see one of our like friends of the shows, uh, Graham. I never know his last name, but Graham of Legend, who's doing uh, Super Space Club. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Um, Graham Reed, I believe. Graham Reed. Thank you. God, I'm sorry, Graham. I love you. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like seeing his big smiling face as soon as I walk in and then right behind him, I we got to play at the time. It was called Totem by Matt something, um, which we became instantly obsessed with because obviously it was sort of like 2018 god of war except pixel art and there's nothing better than that and just like it was that it was just banger after banger after banger that you guys had on the show floor and i was just blown away it was exhausting because of how much like i was just taking in and i commend you guys for that vetting process because i think it it is just one hell of a show year after year
1: yeah Um, and i think i think that like something that's really special about it is that even though we at PlayCrafting work with, as I mentioned, a lot of these like large scale companies and, and brands that you might recognize. Like we, we did have Bose at NYC in 2019. Yeah. So that's like the client work that we do, even though that is the case. You know, we are a small team. There's it's me plus three other full timers and then a couple folks that are that do things like PR and our videography and that kind of thing. Um, and so it does really have that sort of homegrown yeah. um, ground up sort of feeling to it I always want to make sure that we're able to keep that vibe to it while also giving it a level of professionalism that that places and events like packs um, and other like super large scale events have and so that's sort of like the delicate balance that I always want to make sure that we're walking with it to be really professional but also very approachable friendly and like down to earth.
0: I mean, yeah, that's important in indie gaming specifically. Indie gaming is very DIY. It is very homegrown. And the fact that there is this professional platform to showcase what these people are working on is phenomenal. And an approachable, accessible way to show on a platform is, is pretty incredible. Um, yeah. Last note in 2018, when walking around, obviously I was shocked to see like bows and people like that. Um, you guys were – you guys had uh, Devolver also for Heave Ho. yeah. That was like the one standout. Like it was like all these like super, super indie DIY people that I've never heard of. And then Devolver. How did that happen?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's where that, that would be one of the ones where um, I like looked at the folks that I'm connected to and that playcrafting itself is connected to. And we just kind of like put some feelers out to see what are some games that are coming out from. Um, indie publishers like Devolver and some of the other ones. Um, and it just so happened that there was a really good fit there with Heave Ho and the release time frame was, was, was right around then. So um, that one worked out really well. I think that yeah. one specifically came through our advisory board who nice. features a sort of a rock star list of, of folks in the industry. Um, but yeah, that, that was one where we looked for them and, and they wound up showing up.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I know that booth in particular and um the Killer Queen Black booth were yeah really popping all weekend long. Yeah. Those are like great, like kind of it's very similar to how like Fall Guys was last was the last year? I always forget if Pax East was yeah, Pax East happened in 2020. Um kind of like Fall Guys in 2020 at Pax East, you have like these like for a lack of a better term, like esporty like hype booths and like like that you guys had that on a more like subtle scale but it was very like the energy was there and like people were shouting and cheering and i think that's like really important for a a game show especially one that is centered around indies um now fast forwarding one year uh this little thing happened called COVID. Uh, Um don't know if you guys ever heard of it um Mm -hmm. but you guys did do a virtual event what was that like
1: (laughs) yeah it was it was definitely a little strange um Play NYC. Play NYC has always been kind of a hybrid event because each year we feature on stage in person, um, like a, a, a live stream of content that you can engage with on site. But it's also going to our play our play crafting Twitch channel. that has been featured on the home page of Twitch each year too. So it's always been sort of a a hybrid of the two. Um, but yeah, I'd say that twenty twenty, you know. It it felt like it would have been a total like wrong move to do absolutely nothing for last year, and so um, I wanted to find a way for us to do a Play NYC that sort of kept the momentum going, allowed developers to uh, amplify the work that they're that they're putting together, um, put out you know um, demos and whatnot for the games that were coming out, but not do it in a way that was like super taxing. Sure. Um, so of course like we didn't charge any developers to show their games it was a free access event we also didn't want to make it super um like challenging to actually attend so it really was the website plus the stream which in that case we did it across i think seven days Um, yeah and i think one really special part of play nyc in 2020 and it's a special part of Every play NYC, but particularly in 2020, was our Graffiti Games initiative. Um, we do that every year. Uh, and, and through Graffiti Games, we commission work from developers from underrepresented communities um, to actually make games that then debut at Play NYC. And so last year we focused on black developers. So we united this really kick-ass group of black developers, um, five from across the country, each who made um, a game for Play NYC. Uh, those games were sort of spotlighted all week long and also were playable for folks from home. Um, given sort of the, the timing and the fact that when we announced Play NYC, the virtual version, New York was in pretty bad shape. Um, Rockstar yeah. joined us last year as a sponsor for graffiti games. And so through Rockstar, we were able to fund those developers at five times the amount that we usually are able to. And really amplify their work and use it as a really good anchor point for play nyc so so yeah it was definitely i'd say it was a highlight for me um during the pandemic and during those months and months and months of social <laughs> distancing yeah um but yeah you know it's, it's hard not to miss the in-person experience even by of course even by august of 2020 when we had the virtual play nyc there already was so much zoom fatigue and virtual events fatigue Um, so, so I was definitely cognizant of that for me personally and for folks that were, that were participating. Um, so we wanted to make sure that it was sort of a, a nice, like nicely run opportunity and a nice thing that people could kind of unite around while understanding that it's not like a replacement for the in-person experience.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned zoom fatigue. I think especially last year there was E3 and summer game fest fatigue as well, especially like in August as we were like slowly approaching the game Gamescom thing, opening night live as summer games fest was a new thing. And shout out to Jeff Keeley, I think it was fun, great, all that kind of stuff, but it felt never ending. And like, as, as content creators, we were trying to live react to every single show, every event, every trailer, all that kind of stuff, doing podcasts, whatever. And as people who cover these things, it was, we were spent, but, I think the way you handled doing playing OIC virtually last year, I think you guys had the best virtual event by a spreading out across a week and actually having the live streams going and actually having playable games. Yeah, like, yeah, there are there were like the Steam festival things and uh xbox had their own thing which they did this year again as well but i think having a dedicated week of like hey this is our week this is when you can play our demos this is when you can see our live streams and get to know a little bit more about the developers and the games i think it was just structured pretty brilliantly and it felt like this wasn't the first virtual event for you guys like that you actually were doing this for a long time yeah and you know fingers crossed it's one and done this is the last virtual (laughs) event but no like kudos to you guys for really pulling it off
1: Thank you. Yeah, and you know, it, 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 while it was the first and potentially only virtual, (laughs) fully virtual Play NYC, we actually did do a series of smaller virtual events in the three months leading up to Play NYC. Well, first of all, we completely uh, virtualized our um, education uh, content. So our classes and courses went over to Zoom. Um, But then we also did something called World Game Night, where over the course of, I think it was 12 weeks, 14 weeks, um, every, I think it was Wednesday, we featured a collection of maybe five to 10 developers in their games, sort of live demo style um, from a different uh, city around the country, and then also did some uh, international ones. So that was a really great experience for number one, like going on this world tour of games and independent developers, which was just innately fun, but also, um, you know, sharpening how we could deliver something that was on the scale of Play NYC in a virtual setting too. Yeah,
0: it's incredible. Yeah, you guys really nailed it. And I was thoroughly impressed with the programming and just like how it was executed last year, Um, especially compared to Summer Game Pass, E3, all the other events that we tried to uh, cover. and then kind of fast forwarding to this year. First off, how does it feel <laughs> coming back to a an actual physical event?
1: I'm excited. I'm yeah. I'm super excited. I'd say you know, I was I was probably more nervous before when we just first announced it. I I felt super confident when, even when we first announced it, but um, you know. It, this isn't like a, this isn't the Dan Butchko show. It's not like me standing in the middle of the room, like getting everybody excited. That's next year. It's, yeah, it's next year. Yeah, it'll yeah, yeah. be NYC 2022. Exactly. Um, you know, it's really dependent on the developers in our community and even outside of our community getting excited, feeling comfortable and wanting to participate. And so for me, it was like, um, 50% nerves, 50% excitement for that first announcement where we just right. like sort of did a save the date and said it's happening in person in August. And then once we, once I hopped on the phone with everybody who was interested in becoming an exhibitor, that's what really solidified the excitement for me and eliminated the nerves because the response was just so, so positive and exciting and, and people are very clearly eager to get out there and show their games to folks and for fans and players to get out there and actually play games together again in person (laughs) with other people. Um, And and so, so yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it. It's uh, it's, it's going to be a really great show. Um, It also is, it it feels a little bit like it's the first one again, even though it's kind of the fifth one, you know? Um, Well, yeah, I,
0: I think we're all kind of in this like reboot phase yeah of just like living <laughs> so like totally yeah i feel like this is kind of going to be like i mean first of all i believe you guys are the first gaming event back i believe i, I
1: think so at least in yeah. north america i think yeah so, at least in
0: yeah. north america um so yeah i mean you guys it's you know no pressure but it's up to you to kind of like set the stage <laughs> and yeah. be like the first one of this like new rebooted era <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I think that's where it's like, even though I'm I'm super excited to sort of bring back the energy from our last live one in 2019, a lot of the work has been done to sort of set a new normal that adapts to what we're we're currently living in. Obviously, you know, if if the vaccine wasn't available, we would not be able to do Play NYC. Period. Sure. Um, And then, fortunately, New York itself has been, you know, uh, on the flip side, while it was like devastated early on by yeah. the pandemic. It was, it's was. it been one of the first places to really have the vaccination levels up to what they need to be, and also things like event regulations and guidance from local and federal authorities that enable us to do this. And so it, it, it would have felt like such a missed opportunity to delay and not do a live play NYC this year and wait until August 2022.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess like kind of piggybacking off of that, what are some of the changes or like new implementations you guys are doing in response to COVID and the vaccines coming in and all that kind of stuff?
1: Sure. I mean, first and foremost, we're requiring vaccination. Uh, That's stated all over the website. Um, That's number one. Um, Number two, we've adjusted some things on the show floor because even with everybody being vaccinated I don't think anybody wants to be like crammed next to strangers (laughs) in a way that they were before already. I think we, we all like sort of took one on the chin going to events, um, previously and, and, um, you know, would be like sort of next to a bunch of strangers in, in a public space. Um, so a lot of the work that we've done this year is to make people feel comfortable on the show floor. So we've done a lot to make sure that the, walkways are even wider than they were before we changed some of the exhibitors set up. So you might remember from 2019, we had like, I like to call them games on a stick, but they were kiosks. So yeah. like, like monitors on a, on a tower. And they were just like, there were areas where they were kind of peppered around in the interest of just keeping a really clean grid for people to walk through and have a clear, like, you know, point of playing at every individual booth we have everything in boxes now this year. So everything is in sort of a standard eight by 10 to 10 by 10 to 10 by 30 um, sort of square. Um, nice. And so that, that was like another big one. Um, the, uh, we're doing a lot on the volunteer and uh, staffing side. So we have folks that are um, at the venue and on our staff that are uh, have gotten like the appropriate COVID training to go through um obviously we have equipped folks uh, up front at the registration desk to make sure that they're checking for the vaccine um so for vaccine proof um we're asking developers to wipe down their uh, peripherals controllers anything that people are touching in between again that is like that is very much a comfort level sort for of sure. thing but these are things that i think everybody probably should have been doing before anyway yeah you know? i agree it's yeah. it's
0: so weird like looking back with how we how we've been going about things yeah <laughs> like totally even like pax east 2020 like seeing every like shout out to the pax east staff like really wiping down everything all the developers wiping down everything and it was it was a very eye-opening moment of like oh yeah this is how we should have been just doing things all yeah. along like yeah
1: totally totally um huh. yeah so that's i think that's probably the the main stuff that we're doing um on the graffiti game side of things we are expanding it to be a little bit more of a program. So we are still amplifying the voices of developers from underrepresented communities. But now the theme each year is going to change um, based around the kinds of games we're commissioning from them. And so for this year's graffiti games, the theme is a return to playing together. And so we're tasking our five selected graffiti games developers to make local multiplayer games. So games that require no distance.
0: Hell yeah. That's awesome. It's a good theme for this year. <laughs> yeah.
1: Let's get back on a couch. Let's get back on the couch. Let's <laughs> fucking do it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of like going off of that and like all the, all first off incredible love that you guys are requiring vaccinations. I feel so much better with everything you just said. Um, kind of on the flip side of that, we did get a question from Sarah, one of our uh, community members um, wrote a big paragraph. But I'll, I'll slim it down a little bit. What are your thoughts on PAX West? Not requiring vaccinations for both people attending and exhibitors and all that kind of stuff. Like, do you think, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that without putting packs on blast or anything? Obviously we, we all love packs, yeah. whatever, but
1: yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm a long time fan of PAX East. Same. Um, and then I, I, went to my first PAX West in 2019. Yeah. Oh, nice. 2019 was my first PAX West. And
0: I haven't been it. yet. And this year, like last year was going to be the year, but then, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, Whereas PAX East is a, of like a like an aircraft hangar (laughs) full of games (laughs) all in one thing pax west is a lot more vertical so there's like a, a bunch of floors um yeah you know i would say i would not be comfortable going to an event right now that is not requiring it um at least like some version of requiring it now that being said um i i trust that they're working within the confines of local and federal authorities my thing is, and I've said this a couple of times already throughout this conversation, a lot of this is around comfort level. It's not yeah. like it, the the data is there around vaccination, and even with these variants that are, have emerged, like the yeah. vaccine is working. Um, so it, it's not a it's not really you know a lot of it isn't a question of safety as much as it is comfort level. And so even if there is a hundred percent of everyone at Pax West in September is vaccinated, but they're not being checked. You're you're announcing it now, <laughs> you know, and I that yeah. was very very, you know, and I'm speaking to like our experience around announcing Play NYC at the end of April. The world was a very different place at the end of April than <laughs> yeah. it is now at the beginning of July. Um, and a lot of it, you know, you're you're kind of making these announcements and rolling out sort of the features and, and getting people on board. Um, and have to speak to where people are at right now at this exact time. Now, you know, hopefully we get to a place where nobody needs to require vaccination proof anywhere because we have really stopped the spread. There's enough of vaccine in arms around the world that there's not much danger more than like the flu or something like that. Um, But the fact is that it's, you know, it's it was announced now, and we're still in sort of this like things are opening up phase, and so um, kudos to them for going for it. But this is very much like a, a question of like personal comfort, yeah. And everyone's going to have to make that that decision for themselves in going. Um, I'd say that like PlayNYC, we are in like a we're in a good spot because you know I mentioned. New York itself is, has like a lot of these regulations and guidance for events already in place. Um, and also we are, we are not a 50 to 100,000 person right. event. You know, we are a 5,000 person event, um, which obviously is still a lot of people and it's sure. going to be great, but it's not, it's not like, uh, you know, a 10th of a million that we're talking about. So, yeah. um, so, you know, that's where, You know, with it being run by, you know, a a small team and a uh, for an audience that is a a, a fraction of the size, we're able to very quickly make those changes to make sure people are comfortable and safe. Like there, there was one decision that we made, which was to open up another exit so that people have an additional way to walk out like. We can make little changes like that, and little changes make a big difference when you're Absolutely. talking about a max 5,000-person show across the full weekend. So, um, so yeah, I I would not be comfortable going. Um, but again, it's up to everyone's personal preference.
0: Yeah, that's been like kind of the consensus. Consensus I've been seeing um, online, like people super stoked that it's happening, can't wait to get back, and then as soon as they announced vaccination is not required it was kind of just a big flip at least in like my little circle so yeah yeah as Sarah mentioned like yeah um mutations in asia and europe still are like happening and yeah we're still very much in this thing but like yeah i think new york is in kind of like a more specialized place because yeah we are in a very good place with vaccines and whatnot and i think yeah as you mentioned play nyc being a very a a fraction of what kind of like pax west is yeah um yeah, I think it it just makes it a little more safer and a little more, well, a lot more safer and a lot more possible. Um, Yeah. Weird times.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of excitement, but there's also with all of this, I'm very aware of the responsibility. Yeah. It's just just being
0: smart and aware.
1: Yeah. And I already, I mean, ask people on the play crafting team every single year. I'm like, I'm, I'm a worrier. So like I'm up, all night, oh, yeah. every night for like the three weeks leading up to it. And it doesn't matter if it's me and one other person like putting it together or me and 55 other people running it. Like I I, I see the weight of that responsibility and I, I feel it every year, including yeah. and especially this year. And so, um, you know, I think that the, the pandemic was very much a lesson in everybody taking things one day at a time, one step at a time especially in this very careful process of, of opening back up. And so um, I know you, you got to do what you got to do. And I can't speak for other folks. But yeah, of we're course. certainly doing the best we can.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I got another question from Jared, a.k.a. Resonator. Uh, hi, former professional event technician here. Never got to work on a convention like PAX or YC during my time in that industry. So I'm wondering what specific challenges do you have to deal with when planning an event like this that most people may not think about?
1: It's a really good question. I'd say um, the first thing that comes to mind is very New York specific, and that is finding space <laughs> that, is, yeah. um, that is a good fit that like follows all the regulations that you need, um, that is uh, within a budget that is remotely doable, um, and most importantly is accessible because we have folks that come in from the tri-state area, from the northeast region. And as I mentioned, some folks from around the country and internationally too. So it's been really important to me that we have PlayNYC in Manhattan and as central in Manhattan as possible year after year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Probably... Find,
0: shout out to you guys for finding a space on West 18th.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, right oh in
0: Chelsea. My, like, Jesus.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, really, and, and this is the first time we're going back to the same space two oh, years in a row. Oh, it is? Okay, cool. Um, so we found a really, really great home in the Metropolitan Pavilion. Um, I'd say that's number one. That's obviously that's not like specific to just New York in terms of finding a venue can be challenging, but like making it central in Manhattan proper is a big one. Um, yeah. And then it sounded like uh, like your your listener was a, an event technician, and and they'd probably appreciate that. Another challenge is that I mentioned we have sort of our. Live expo floor plus the stream. The stream is not like in some separate place in like a TV studio or in like a couple of streamers' homes. It is on a stage in the middle of the convention, and it has been every year when we've done it at like concert and music venues. It's been on like the concert stage, and yeah. then when it comes, yeah, when it comes to Play NYC at the Metropolitan Pavilion, we build a stage for it, and so. One of the other challenges is to make sure that we are making a a stream that is exciting and engaging for both the folks that are tuning in from home on Twitch, as well as those that are there in person. And so we do a lot to make sure that the stream and the stage feels integrated into the show itself while also being a nice snapshot for folks that are tuning in from home. So I think that's probably another big one um and then something that's that folks probably don't think about at all when it comes to like going to a convention is just all of the safety requirements and all of the guidelines that you have to follow there are you need fire marshals um yeah. when you are uh you are required to have at least six feet of walking space in between um uh rows of booths um one again thing that has, good luck in manhattan exactly exactly <laughs> and then um and then this is a video game convention obviously we have a great subset of tabletop games as well but it's primarily digital games and so yeah. that means you need electricians to lay the power there needs to be a power grid set up on the actual show floor so that there are playable games in all of those spaces and that's not just like you and me running from the wall to the middle of yeah. the room with like a long extension cord that takes a lot of planning and careful like laying things out um that is that's definitely another big part of it but fortunately we have an awesome event director in claire and she is she's a badass and does this for a lot of different shows and has been a really great partner in that for both 2019 and 2021 now
0: hell yeah yeah Yeah. if, if it was me i would just run a giant search protector with like 10 consoles plugged into it (laughs) literally my little streaming setup over here my ps4 pro my xbox one my switch dog all that kind of stuff one server search protector probably gonna burn this place down one day whatever it's fine all right you're
1: literally playing with fire
0: (laughs) it's the only way i know how baby nice Uh, (laughs) well we we'll start wrapping things up here cuz I know you have to go shortly. I'm sure you're in the middle of planning everything as we're quickly approaching Plan Y yeah. C. Um I just want to, you know, give a shout out to you guys again. I mean, you guys are giving the New York City indie scene a platform and it's something I respect immensely and something that we at Six One Indie have been trying to do for a long time on the content creation side. Um, recently, our friend Alec just broke—just um, broke, Jesus! He just opened up uh, Brookland, which is a new esports arena down in Brooklyn. Nice. Um, and which everybody go check out Brookland. You could go play video games and just go check out esports events. It's fucking rad. Go support Alec. Um, and then yeah, you guys with the actual events, and I think. Getting more folks like ourselves, not you know six one these small potatoes, but more folks like ourselves to like kind of like amplify the voices, you know, paired with you guys actually setting a stage and paired with Brooklyn, um, really giving New York City a home to actually go play games and actually celebrate more games, um, from you know indie to AAA. I, I think New York City has a bright future, um, in the gaming scene, especially on the indie side, and that uh again to get Hallmarky fills my heart. You know, it's super cool.
1: Likewise, it's yeah. it feels I'm very much a, a believer in the idea that a rising tide lifts all boats and um, we share that that real passion for amplifying and lifting up New York itself for its incredible community of developers, content creators, fans, players, um, and, and New York really needs more and more points of amplification and ways to get the spotlight um, shown on it, because even though it is New York City it's not typically thought of as yeah. a center for um, games playing games, making games um, and so play NYC is definitely our way to do that and um, excited to have you all there and, and definitely for, for folks that are, are listening and watching um, go ahead head over to play nyc.com uh, You can go get tickets now. Um, you can sign up to be an exhibitor if you are inter- if you are a game developer. Um, there are tons and tons of great things already signed on. We have over fifty uh, studios and games confirmed already for Play NYC um, in person, which is really, really exciting. I will Hell say yeah. in person over and over and over <laughs> and over again. Um, and if for some reason you know you're whether you can't travel yet, you're not comfortable coming yet, no problem. Check it out online. Um, we will be streaming live from the show floor. Um, for about eight hours each day on Saturday and Sunday. Um, It's August 7th and 8th, just a few weeks away now. Jeez, Um, can't believe it. Yeah, it's going to be a really special one.
0: Yeah, man. Well, to kind of wrap things up, one little softball question. Sure. Is there, guys, maybe you can't say it yet, and you can totally tell me to shut the hell up if you can't say it. Is there (laughs) something in particular you were looking forward, like game-wise, that you're looking forward to in 2021 that maybe that you've announced already?
1: Oh, at and YC. At Plan
0: YC. At Plan YC. Or in at general. Plan,
1: yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> God,
1: every time people ask this kind of question, it's like such a Sophie's choice because I feel connected to all of these folks. No, um, but
0: you have to pick one and then disown the rest of them.
1: <laughs> that's it. Um, I would pick Skate Story. Hell yeah. Yeah.
0: Dude, I I love Sam to death. Uh, yeah, what was his awesome. pre? you guys had it at 2019 box something zarvat zarvat i knew it wasn't a straight up uh, name uh yeah dude skate story is incredible and i i'm so happy you guys are exhibiting it because <laughs> i cannot yeah. wait to get my hands on it again
1: yeah skate yeah. story is is just one there's so many others decoy games is going to be there with swim sanity yeah um, kung fu kickball is another really great also, one
0: yeah also incredible yeah.
1: Um, and we'll have the folks from Avalanche Studios there with uh, Just Cause 4, which I'm sure a lot of people know and love. Um, so you'll actually get to play some of those games from Avalanche with some of the developers at Hell that yeah. studio, which is cool, too.
0: Yeah, super rad. Well, Dan, thank yeah. you so much for hanging out for a bit today. I appreciate you greatly. I can't wait to actually see you in person and meet you in person.
1: Yeah, likewise. It's
0: very exciting to actually meet new people in 2021. Um, <laughs> yeah, NYC Tickets on sale now. Play dash nyc.com
1: play dash nyc.com
0: yeah august 7th and 8th uh the east coast crew of 61 indy will be there myself kelsey and kyle uh come say hi there's a great diner down the street let's go get lunch so hang out whatever um yeah, yeah for all six one indy stuff six one indy.com at six one indy i keep forgetting i have to verify or i have to clarify that it's six one spelt out and uh yeah you know all that good stuff follow share like whatever love you all wear a mask Get your vaccination so I could see you play NYC. Goodbye. I love you.